You always remember your first, man. <laughs> you always remember your first, your first uh, paycheck. You remember your um, your first girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, that first paid presentation. I still remember when I got the call. Um, I was at my best friend Justin's house. I forgot what we were doing, but I got a call from somebody who saw me speak at one of those unpaid presentations um, and asked if if I wanted to get paid. And I was like, of course. And he said, I have a connection for you. I'm going to send them your number. And that like in that within an hour, the next person called me and said, hey, I'm the SGA president at Rockingham Community College and we're doing a Black History Month event. Uh, I would love for you to speak. We we have six hundred dollars for the hour. Is that OK? And I was like, yep. <laughs> said, yep, that's cool. And man, when I tell you I was hyped. $600 for an hour to speak in Rockingham Community College. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons, the Metapreneur. I'm excited and delighted and honored and humbled to have today's guest on the show. Uh, I'm going to give you his bio, and then I'm going to give you my personal take on this remarkable brother. His name is Odell Bizzle. He's a professional speaker who has given close to 400 paid, with a capital P, paid presentations. Not free, paid presentations. He's also a marketing coach and a brand strategist for high-level entrepreneurs, professionals, and small business owners. Odell helps you to get known and get paid through advanced media and marketing strategies. Now, let me tell you all my take on this, brother. So I've had an opportunity to build an, a relationship and a friendship with Odell. And he's just remarkable, like just on the stage, off the stage, right? And one of the things that's really unique about Odell is a lot of, I've, I've worked with a lot of speakers, seen a lot of speakers. I believe, hands down, that Odell is the best speaker marketer in the game. I'm not talking like like in a section or a certain part of the part of the nation in the entire game. You need speaker marketing. You talk to Odell. You want to become a better because every speaker should be a marketer, but they're not. So Odell is amazing at that. But he's also a family man, God fearing man, genuine, hum humble hearted sports guy like myself. He loves sports. Uh, uh, and I found out he's a rapper too. So maybe we'll get into that a little bit today. So welcome my brother onto the show, man. Truly appreciate you for jumping on. Hey, David, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Happy to be here and excited to share uh, with your amazing audience. Solid, solid, bro. So let's take them through the journey, man. What is the story, man? What is the story for Odell Bizzell number two? <laughs> well, um, I, I guess the, the, the short version of it is uh, from North Carolina, um, my mom uh, immigrated from West Africa. My dad was in the military. And uh, so, you know, Wait humble beginnings. West Africa? You're African? Yeah, man. Liberian. What? 
not know that. <laughs> how, did I not, how did I not know this? Okay, sorry. He jollof yeah, rice and all that stuff too. Oh yeah, man. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, so that uh, that upbringing, uh, humble upbringing. You know anything about um, West Africans um, in general? They work hard and they believe they believe hard, and so that's kind of how I came up. Um, always, you know, work for what you want. Uh, family's big in education. My grandmother, uh, she was in education for 35 years. My aunt, 35 years. My dad was a, a math teacher. Uh, for many years. So um, education was always a thing. But in my family, it was also education is not enough. And that that was something that was embedded in me when I was a teenager. Uh, me and my best friend, uh, Justin, who who you met uh, at, at, at my event, um, we started selling candy when we were in high school, we made a pretty large amount of money, went to college, you know, blew it all, <laughs> blew all the money, uh, didn't know what we were doing, graduated college, broke, public speaking professor comes up to me, Dave, um, and asked me like, what am I going to do with my life? And like many other college students then and now I had no idea. Um, and he said that I should be a professional speaker. Now I didn't know what that was at 22. I, I thought that you had to be famous. I thought that you had to be rich already for somebody to listen to what you had to say. And I was half right. And we'll get into that in a second. But my public speaker professor told me, no, most professional speakers are not famous. You don't know who they are. They just simply have a message and they have an audience that buys that message. And so I went on a journey then to become a professional speaker. I wanted to be like, um, you know, our friend Les Brown I wanted to be like our friend Eric Thomas, Lisa Nichols. Like I, That's how I wanted to be. And um, lo and behold, I, I started gaining some ground in my 20s, um, started speaking at colleges. And, and now, you know, here we are over 400 presentations later. And uh, just, yeah, that's the that's the short of it. Wow. Amazing. So what class was this? This was like a speaking public, a public speaking class. Yeah. And, so and I majored, mm -hmm. Yeah, I majored in communication. Um, mm -hmm. so my public, he was my public speaking professor, my freshman year. And so when I graduated, he was actually a part of the ceremony and he came up to me and said, Odell, you're one of the best raw talents I've seen in my 25 years of, of, uh, teaching, you know, you should be a professional speaker. So he, he knew professional speakers and he actually coached professional speakers. So he got me started in that vein. That's so beautiful. Wow. So tell me about this. Like, did you, before he kind of pointed out that in you, were you seeing that in yourself? Like, how, did you notice this gifting? Did you tap into it? Like, yeah, it's always, you know, what, what comes natural to you is kind of unseen by you in a lot of different ways. Um, if it's not something that you strategically intentionally worked on, you, you don't even think about it. And so looking back now, I'd always been the kid that talked a lot. I was always the kid that led the group presentations in college. I was always the one that wasn't afraid to speak up uh, in social settings. But I knew once, cause I was always entrepreneurially minded. Like I said, me and my best friend, we started selling candy. Uh, we were involved heavily in network marketing uh, when we were in high school and college. So I would hear the Jim Rohns, the Zig Ziglar's, the Chris Widener's, the Les Brown's, and I would hear them and I would see them speak. And I would say, wow, 
that's really cool what they're doing. Maybe one day when I get rich <laughs> and I don't have anything else to do, I'll speak. So that that was the thought. It was like, yeah, maybe after I build this business and do all this and do all of that, I didn't connect the two until um, Dr. Pa, my public speaking professor, said, hey, you should be a professional speaker. Wow, dude. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So when he when he like pointed this out in you what was your next immediate like what were your steps towards this yeah that that's a great question and i think anybody that's listening especially when you're when you're trying to listen to what your calling is or, or what what that is um you've got to take action and so i'm always very inquisitive but i'm also very intentional so when he said that, you got to think about the, the place I was at. Um, this was at graduation. Like I was leaving. I remember taking pictures with the fam, with my degree and all that stuff. And he came up to me in the midst of that. And so when he said it, the place I was at, I was broke, Dave. Like I was broke. All the money that me and Justin had made spent. Uh, student loans that I had to get because I lost my scholarship. I, they were looming. And I was engaged to be married to my wife. I made all these promises to her. I had one year before she graduated to, to make good on those promises. So I was starving for something and I didn't have a job lined up. So he said, professional speaker. My next question to him was, well, what do I do next? And so if you're listening and somebody gives you a word, somebody gives you an idea, ask them that question. What do I do next? And he said, join Toastmasters, um, buy, um, Dale Carnegie's book, how to win friends and influence people study speakers. Those are the three things that he said to me. And those are the three things I did right away because I had to do, I had to do something. And I think a lot of times we don't, we don't get that back against the wall type of feeling because a lot of us are too comfortable where we are. And so I wasn't comfortable. So I said, okay, join Toastmasters. Toastmasters, I think back then was like 70 bucks for three months. I was like, I'm gonna join Toastmasters. I'm gonna go do Toastmasters. And I bought How to Win Friends and Influence People and a lot of different other books on communication and different things like that. And I immediately joined Toastmasters and I did 33 unpaid presentations in the next three months. Because I was just like, I got to speak, I got to speak, I got to speak, I got to speak, I got to be the best, I got to be, I use my sports mentality to say, I got to get the reps in, I got to get the reps in. And so by, this was May when I graduated, by October, I had 33 unpaid, they weren't paid, unpaid presentations under my belt. And by December, I got hired for my first um, paid speaking engagement. Wow. Wow. You put that, like you said, you put the reps in. I want to take a step back real quick. <clears throat> you said scholarship. So were you, were you playing sports? Were you, talk to, talk to me, talk to us about that and how sports has played a connection to that process of development you've had. Yeah, for sure. I peaked early. I've, I've, um, I tell people this all the time and we've met in person, but a lot of people, if you meet me in person, I'm a lot shorter than I appear, um, but I'm a little I'm a little thicker <laughs> than I appear uh, in person. Um, so I played football, played basketball and I was good. 
Um, my coaches will tell you I was better in football. My dad will tell you that I could have been better in football, but I was actually best in basketball. And I played AAU. I was good, but I wasn't good enough to go to college to play sports. And so I didn't go to college to play sports. I got an academic scholarship um, because I was ranked eighth in, a, in my graduating class. So I always in the books, um, you know, school was something that wasn't really hard for me. So it was just kind of like, OK, I got to memorize and regurgitate. Cool. That's easy. So I did that, went to school, lost my mind, Dave, lost my mind, lost my religion, lost it all. Uh, because, you know, when you go to college, there are no parents there. Um, you know, your church attendance, you can make it up. You can say, yeah, I went to church over here. I'm trying different churches. And uh, but I, I just lost my mind and I didn't focus. So the first year I went, I had all, you know, everything was paid for. And I, I didn't keep the grades up. So my sophomore year, I lost my scholarship, had to get student loans. Um, I did reconnect two sports i was um the uh, athletic manager for the women's basketball team at nc state so that helped because then they got um we got partial scholarships so i kind of rebounded a little bit so i was still heavily involved in sports but just not playing and how that kind of taught me how to deal with life and success is you know in sports you can be a champion and still take losses mm -hmm. and I had been taking losses upon losses upon losses once I got to college and just it was embedded in me that I'm going to be a champion no matter what. And many times because people don't experience resistance or they don't experience those obstacles when they get one or two or seven, they get down. But me, the mentality that sports helped me build was, OK, right now is not my time, but it's coming. And so I, this season we didn't make it, but I'm going to be, I'm going to get right back on it and we're going to make it. So that it's always, I've always had that mentality and I still have that mentality to this day. Beautiful. So that enhanced, like, would you say it enhanced those, the, as you're going through the process and you're, you know, eager to, to, to make, make revenue, generate funds. you you go through 33 unpaid presentations where most people if, especially if they're saying they're gonna make this a career, they'd be like, "Well, I didn't get. I didn't, I'm not. Get, I'm not seeing any money. I I can't do this. I'm gonna go find a job. I'm gonna find an insurance job, something, you know." But you didn't allow that to deter you. And what was that experience like? Getting that first paid presentation. Do you remember that experience? And what was that? What was that like? You always remember your first man. <laughs> you always remember your first. Your first uh, paycheck, you remember your um, your first girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, that first paid presentation, I still remember when I got the call. Um, I was at my best friend Justin's house. I forgot what we were doing, but I got a call from somebody who saw me speak at one of those unpaid presentations um, and asked if, if I wanted to get paid. And I was like, of course. And he said, I have a connection for you. I'm going to send them your number. And that like in that within an hour, the next person called me and said, hey, I'm the SGA president at Rockingham Community College and we're doing a Black History Month event. Uh, I would love for you to speak. We we have six hundred dollars for the hour. Is that OK? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so, yep, that's cool. And man, when I tell you I was hyped, six hundred dollars for an hour to speak in Rockingham Community College. For those that 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 don't know, I, I'm from North Carolina. It was about, I want to say, 40 minute drive from from my house. 
And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I ain't really got to pay for gas. All I got to do is roll up, get my check. I remember telling my mom when I was getting ready because I was still staying at home. Uh, I told her, I said, Mom, I'm about to be rich. Lawyers don't even make $600 an hour. I'm about to be rich. I'm about to be rich. And so it was it was a whole situation, man. I was in the Rockingham, uh, their, their uh, paper, like the local paper, yeah. all that stuff. And I just written, I just self-published my first book. So I had a bunch of books. I was hype, man. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't about to go speak in a stadium full of people. Dude, that is epic. Um, I love that. I mean, you know, and thank you for sharing the journey because we have listeners that are probably, you know, aspiring like you were to at, 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 out of college to be a speaker. That's a very alluring profession. A lot of people want to go into it. <clears throat> so to share the underpinnings of the process is, is amazing. But I, I'd also like to now kind of like go into the development process, right? Because I, I know you're a hard worker, right? I know you're a, a man of discipline. Um, and there's a there's an allure to the speaking industry, becoming a professional speaker. But there's a lot of reps and a lot of unseen hours, uh, uh, as you, as you, as one would say, behind the scenes that you nobody sees the the, the development, the course, the uh, course development, the the offer development, the marketing strategy, and and you know reaching out like all those pieces. So can you explain to those that might be interested? The real, the raw of what it takes to really get to the levels that you've obtained and, and the work that goes behind the scenes. Absolutely. So, And this was a saying that um, Hall of Fame coach Kay Al uh, kind of coined, and I was under her when I, I was working as a manager for the women's basketball team. And if you know anything about D1, they practice when the season is on and when they're allowed to, they practice as much as possible. They practice for hours. So practice will be from five to seven ish every day, but it really go longer because you have workouts before and then you have court work. Then you have um, workouts afterwards or weights afterwards. So we'll go on for hours and she would tell the players that we train hours upon hours upon hours for 40 minutes. So we train all of this, all the hours we put in, we put in for minutes And so for those that are thinking about going into speaking or any performative type of service, you put in hours upon hours upon hours that people don't see for minutes, for literal minutes. And that's something that you've got to get. That's something that you've got to understand and know. So in saying all of that, you've got to you've got to understand the business of speaking. And this is something that I wish I would have known before. There's really no such thing as the speaking business. All right. So get that. There's really no such thing as the speaking business. There is the event business and speakers are often brought in as the vendors. Even if you do your own events, even if you say, no, I don't want to get hired by nobody. I'm going to, you know, do a webinar and I'm going to bring in people to my own events. When you sign a contract with a hotel or an event space, you're a vendor. So you've got to get that in, in your mind. And that's something that took me a really, really long time to understand is that you lead the show. You are not the show. You lead the show. You're not the show. And so even though you might feel like you have a message, even though you feel like you might be called, all of those things, even if you think the church, like the pastor, and this isn't 
true, but it should be. The pastor is not the show. And so you've got to think about that when you're speaking. And so back to your question directly, there are so many things that you have to prepare for offstage. And I would suggest that if you are interested in being a speaker, understand these two specific things that people pay you to be on their stage. That's one way you get paid or two people pay to come see you on stage. So those are the two ways that you're going to make money. You've got to figure out which way based on your experience, based on your expertise, based on your station in life, which one is the best for me at 22. I didn't feel confident enough and I didn't have the, the social media. I couldn't cap on social media. I couldn't, I couldn't do a lot of the things that people can do now to create a facade that I was somebody worth listening to. I, I just didn't feel like I could do that. So I leveraged what I call an entry level market to whereas an entry level speaking market is a market that basically they'll pay anybody that can articulate themselves and present present themselves well. So entry level market I chose was the college market. Another entry level market is the K through 12 or the youth market. So these are people that speak to elementary schools, middle schools or high schools or speak to the teachers or the staff of those um, institutions. Another entry level market is the religious or the, um, the faith market to get into the faith or religious market. You need an in, like you need somebody that's in there. So if you're Christian, you need to know some Christians that lead some things at their church. If you're Jewish, you need to know some Jewish people that lead some things at their synagogue. The same thing. If you're, uh, of Islamic faith or what have you, you need to know somebody, right? But you don't have to have like a long resume to speak. You just have to have a willingness. And again, you have to be, art be able to articulate all of that stuff. And so in that, and, I, and, and I, this is the last part of me directly answering the question in that, if you're interested, just look at those entry level markets and look at what they already hire speakers for. Look at the events that they host already at a college, you know, they're going to do new student orientation. At a high school, you know, they're going to do some back to school, some bash, some something related to that um, in the religious market. Just look at the seasons, look at the different holy days and holiday holidays surrounding different religions. They're going to do some sort of gathering. And so if you can position yourself to be on the right side of that, oh, I have a message for this based on my expertise, based on my ex experience, then it's an easy ask. It's not just. Hey, Dave, I'm a speaker. And Dave will just be like, congratulations, I guess. Good for you. No, you can say, hey, I, I, I led um, a youth retreat at my church where we talked about um, how to stay um, how to stay pure going into college. Can I can I lead something like that at your church or for K through 12? We did a, a, a digital bullying seminar, a virtual seminar over the pandemic. Is this something that I could share with with your teachers so they can know what to have their students look look after? Or if you're in college, like, hey, I, I do a back to school. I refuse to lose mental health workshop um, for students coming into college that might miss being home. Is this something I could talk about? Then automatically they have a place to put you. But you have to understand, again, in the business of event planning, you have to fit into what they're doing. And that's the big part that I was missing early on. Whoa, you just dropped some heavy, heavy gems right there. 
for the listeners that are eager to get into this space. Thank you, man. You just cut their cut their learning curve uh, yeah. in half right there. Run that back. Okay. That last couple minutes, like that's the you you run that back. Listen to that again. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So so let's let's go down that angle, right? Speaking to that young person that's you know watching ET, watching Odell, watching Les right now on YouTube, and they're like, I, yeah, I want this. Like, what is the what is the thing that you think characteristic wise? Because right, we all know that people can speak, right? Mm-hmm. There's certain like if they got the talent, they got the talent. But what is those disciplines that they should have that? Nobody usually tells them that they should have what they need to get to get in this industry. And I mean, to, to do well in this space. Yeah, to, to do well, you have to realize and this is something, again, I wish it would have been articulated to me. Um, but you've got to realize what you're actually in. So I I'm connected with the well, they're not. I got a few pro athletes that I'm connected to now. and Everybody's getting older now. But um, they know that their time is coming to an end. Like they know, okay, gosh, I'm 35. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 30, I'm 36. You know, it's, I don't move the same way I used to. I don't heal the same way I used to. I don't recover the same way I used to. You've got to look at speaking as that, but you just get a longer shelf life. So it's a performative act. Like you're actually a performer. You're you're a highly compensated entertainer. So you've got to understand and have the characteristic and know that I've got to move with the times. Because today, diversity, equity, inclusion might be hot. Tomorrow, it might be mental wellness, mental health. The next day, it might be this. The next day, it might be that. It, so you've got to be flexible in what you offer but keeping the umbrella of what your expertise is. Example, I speak on communication. If you go to my LinkedIn, where I attract most of my B2B clients, it says Odell Bazell, communication expert, keynote speaker. That's what it says. So if anybody wants me to talk about anything, because it's under that umbrella of communication, I can be flexible. So if you want me to talk about DE&I, boom, I got a communication expert lens on it want me to talk about leadership hey leaders need to be better communicators you want me to talk about resilience hey you got to know how to communicate to yourself to have mental toughness and wellness etc so i can move with it i can be flexible but not move off of that umbrella of my expertise so you got to be flexible in that and you have to understand what that is that takes time that takes experimentation which leads me to the other characteristic is you have to be willing to experiment a lot (laughs) you've you've got to be you cannot be afraid to do something to put something out there to get graphics made to get videos made and it flop you can't be afraid of that if you are afraid of that this might not be for you another characteristic you have to have is you have to understand that in order for you to make a lot of money you've got to either wait your turn or make your turn. Mm. And here's what I mean. You wait your turn. Odds are, and and Dave, Dave, who's your best friend? My best friend. What's their name? Besides your wife. I know your wife. I'd say my best friend is uh, um, my brother named Courtney. 
and Abraham. I mean, I got, I got a few. Ah, okay, so Courtney Abraham. <laughs> Courtney Abraham. So me and Dave are cool. Yeah. But those are his best friends. Oh, my brother. Like, sorry, my brother. Sorry, let me. I had to because I know they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my brother Nathaniel. Nathaniel. That that's okay. perfect. So we we'll use Nathaniel as an example. Okay. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, is he your brother, brother, or like your best friend, brother? He's my 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 blood brother, but he's my best friend. Blood brother, best friend. That's perfect. So me and Dave are cool. Yeah. Like I think we're really cool. That's just yep. what I think. Yep. But I couldn't pay Dave enough to move myself to put myself in his brother's place. There's nothing I could pay him to put myself cool. there. That's just how it is. That's the position that it, that is in. Now, could I get closer to Dave? Sure. You just spend more time or whatnot, but that's my place. A lot of people want to come into the speaking industry. They'll see Eric Thomas. They'll see Les Brown or they'll see me. They see Stan Pearson. They'll see somebody and be like, oh, I want to I want to take his spot. I want to be where he is. You can't. You can't. You can make your own way. You can make your turn, but you got to wait your turn. And so that that's what I mean by that. So you have to be humble enough to accept, okay, cool. They pay Odell 10 grand. They might not, depending on what I look like on camera, depending on, they might not pay me that. And so you have to have that mentality. It's just like the young, the young uh, rookie coming into the, the, like John Morant, like him saying, I deserve to be paid what Giannis is paid. Mm. Okay. Maybe you do, but you got to wait. We got to see some MVPs. We got to see some championships. We got to see some stuff first. So if you're a speaker and you're thinking that, oh, because I'm good, I'm going to be catapulted to that's not how it works. You got to wait your turn or you got to make your turn. Here's the last thing with speaking. You have to understand you got to be ready to travel a lot. And it sounds sexy at first. Oh, I get to go here. I get to go there. I get to do all this stuff. And maybe if you're single and you don't you don't have many family responsibilities at this point like a couple people that i coach are are super young like 25 and 23 and they don't have kids they don't have families or anything it could be but as you get older as that time goes you're not going to want to travel as much trust me i've been there so those are different characteristics that you have to think about and on my podcast the public speaking profits podcast i actually i think it's episode it might be episode one or two where I talk about um, why you shouldn't be a professional speaker. <laughs> and it, some of those are covered in there. Dude, you just laced them with stuff like they probably never even thought to think of. So thank you for that. Um, now, this is this is interesting, right? Because there's that speaking side, which everybody sees. But then there's the marketing. Talk to us about that, because... So on this show, we talk about discovering the gift, developing your gift, as, we, as you've explained and articulated. But it's no, it's no benefit if you're so good and amazing, but nobody knows you. Uh, nobody knows how great you are at speaking. Nobody knows how what your talents are. Uh, so I think this is a thing that people miss, not just in the speaking industry. Industry, I feel like it's across all talents. People just tend to like leave this crucial, crucial part out. It's it's the chicken or the egg f- philosophical debacle and and all of that because on the one hand and I tell people this and they don't believe me 
and I've, I've said it on different podcasts that I've been on and all this stuff. You don't have to be a good speaker to get paid. <laughs> you don't. And it goes against everything that I actually lived because when I first, again, 33 unpaid, I didn't do that because I was trying to find somebody to pay me. I was doing that to practice. I was just trying to get better. I was trying to get more comfortable on stage and all of that stuff. When you realize that it doesn't matter as much, it can be heartbreaking. So let, let me break it down for you. More people need to know you. More people need to know you first. More people need to know you first. You can think about the most famous person that, that you can think of. And just off the top of my head, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. former president, um, just amazing human being from all accounts that we are able to receive. Mm-hmm. If Barack Obama said today, if he tweeted, if he said, I'm, in 2023, right now, as of this recording, it's not 2023 yet. I know by the time this comes out, it'll, it'll be 2023. But even then, whenever you're seeing this, if Barack Obama said, I want to do a college speaking tour to help find the nation's next president. If he said that, if he tweeted that, he'd get paid millions of dollars to go to every school that he wanted to go to all the best schools, all the HBCU in a second. Why? Because he's Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. I love Barack Obama. He's not a better speaker than me. Mm. There we go. That's not been his job. You know what I mean? Like that hasn't been his job for the past 15 years. It's a part of it, but that hasn't been like what he's actually done and studied because Mm -hmm. he's been president. He's been a politician. So he's not a better speaker than me, but why would, because he was former president. And so, more people need to know you. And I, this is just what I believe. This is my opinion that if you as an entrepreneur, anybody that's listening to this, watching this, you find your gift or you figure out and you've learned how to practice, how to practice it, productize it and, and service size it and all that stuff. And so you have an offer to give people, you need to get to know people that could pay you. That's what you need to do first. So in hindsight, I would have told myself, in addition to getting all those unpaid speaking engagements, find people that hire speakers and interview them, get to know them, ask them questions, ask them what their needs are, ask them what they're looking for in speakers, ask them about the speakers they've hired, ask them about the speakers they don't like, learn the business side of the people that hire them, then you're already in their mind. And marketing and sales is more about psychology than it is about business. And so once you learn the psychology, okay, when people are looking for speakers, okay, they want, when they go to somebody's website, they wanna be able to see a video, boom. Okay, so on my website, I need to have a video right there. Boom, they can click it, it pops up. They need to have an easy way to contact. They need to be able to see on that front page of the website, testimonials, blah, 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 blah. They need to be able to see all of that. The only reason I know that and the only reason why my website is set up like that right now is because I've talked to people and I know people that hire speakers. So they tell me it's not important to have my lifestyle picture in front with all my family. They don't care about that because they don't know you. They don't know you enough to care about you. So focus on getting people to know you 
that have money. If you're looking at this or listening to this and you're not a speaker and you're like, oh, Dale, Dave, I'm not really trying to be a speaker. I just know Dave's cool or I heard Odell's name. I thought it might be a cool thing to listen to. Cool. If you're a service based entrepreneur, a product based entrepreneur, whatever it is, getting more people to know you via your brand in the right positioning helps. That's why the people that I coach and train now, we take them to a, stu a TV studio. Uh, we work out of two TV studios where we interview them kind of Oprah style, talk show style, Ellen style. We give them that. We uh, interview them via podcast style on stage. We we put all of that stuff and we have them believing and believing themselves that they are a big deal so that when they go to their clients, they're positioned properly. So the client can say, oh, or you speak on leadership and then they go to their website. They see an interview professional TV style interview where they're talking about leadership. Then it goes to them speaking on stage about leadership. It makes sense. So you've got to understand and know more people need to know you, but more people that pay need to know you and trust that you can deliver what you say you deliver. Mm. Dude, dude, this game, that's game. Wow. 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 Well, well put, man. Like that's so, that's so, so critical. I feel like what you just did was uh, even in that short span of time was a master class on, on the importance of marketing uh, for all businesses. And, and it's true. Like that should be the priority um, because you're, you're trying to build a business and then you can reinvest that money to get more known and more known. And you just keep doing it over and over again. And you, you build a, build a higher level of authority. So with that said, like talk to us Odell about, you know, how you can, uh, you kind of just articulated one of the ways that you, you help uh, people, but, Talk to us a little bit more in depth of like who who are the ideal people that um, could utilize your services and how you could help them. That speaker that's listening to this right now, maybe they're the beginning speaker or the more established or they haven't gotten any speaking engagements and, and they're trying to get paid. Um, talk to us a little about who, who you serve and how you help them. For sure. And it's basically a two pronged approach. So, as I said before, when you're thinking about public speaking, there are really only two ways to get paid primarily, and that's somebody hiring you to get on a stage, um, a company, a college, a nonprofit, a, an event. They want you to be on their stage, so they pay you. And the other way is you create your own stage and you charge people to come to that event or those events. So there's only two ways. So that's those are the two ways we work with people. On the one hand, if people want to get paid, if you're saying to myself, if you're saying to yourself, Odell, I, I want to get paid to speak. I know everything that you're talking about. I've seen other speakers that are not as good as me, but they're out here getting paid lots of money. Like, I want to be there. Then we have our program for you, which is called just public speaking profits, where we take you through exactly how to do that. And we like to target people that are ambitious, people that have a message, people that are grounded in, in value, integrity, um, and people that are self starters. So for that track. The other track, we like to focus on those that are entrepreneurially um, invested already. They have a business, they have a service-based offering or they're a professional. Um, we just brought on a client that's an accountant. He has a multi-million dollar practice, but he's about to sell that practice and he wants to get on the road doing his own events. So we work with individuals like that. We also work with individuals that have, and, and I'll say this, uh, bluntly they have extra income to invest in themselves 
being the brand. So if there's somebody that maybe they had an e-commerce business and they were behind the scenes, that's who we're looking for that. And they want to emerge. Or if you're somebody that is maybe you can see retirement and you're like, okay, I, I've always wanted to give my message. God's been giving me this message. I wrote a book about it a long time ago, or I was a pastor a long time ago. Then we will help you position yourself to get your message out to the masses. So those are the people we like to work with. And Dave, one thing that I'll say, and I know that you can appreciate this is we want to work with people that want to invest in themselves. And when I, and I want to say this specifically, um, hopefully it'll, it'll benefit you, Dave, personally, but people watching and people listening, it'll, it'll help you as well as, as you see all the people talking about, you got to invest in yourself. You got to invest in yourself. You got to invest in yourself. A lot of people say that because they want you to buy their stuff. <laughs> so they want you to, they want you to get their coaching. So of course they're going to say, invest in yourself. If you, if you decide to work with me, I, I don't really care. But here's what you should think about when you're hearing the term invest in yourself. Substitute yourself for a vehicle like real estate, like the stock market, like options. So substitute yourself. So instead of saying I'm going to invest in myself, say I'm going to invest in real estate. How long do you expect to get your money back? If you buy a house today for let's just call it $500,000. You probably wouldn't get an investment property for that much unless you're trying to, you know, do a really, really high. But I just want to use round numbers. Five hundred thousand dollars. You invest in that house and your goal is to flip that house for two hundred thousand. So usually if you get into a flip, you you want to get your money back fairly quickly. But I know people that flip and they've had to hold properties for six months, eight months, depending on what it is. 12 months before they even get to sell it and make the profit. And it's not guaranteed. And a lot of stuff goes wrong. Or if you want to rent something out, you get a house for a hundred thousand dollars and you want to rent it out and you pay a hundred. How long is it going to take you to get that money back? So I want you to think about yourself as the investment that's going to compound even more than that. So if you put $10,000 into something, you can't be thinking Oh, in two weeks, I'm going to make 20. No, stop that. I, I, I want to use this time as a personal crusade to go against all of that, like ill thinking and ill teaching. That's probably not going to happen. So if you invest in 10,000, what you need to be looking for is what ideas, what opportunities, what strategies is that $10,000 teaching me? Okay, cool. That's in me now. It's a seed. It's going to grow for years and years. And as long as I'm alive, it's going to grow. That's right. And so that's something really, really important. I want I wanted to say. So when I say I work with people that want to invest in themselves, that's not me just saying, hey, you need to buy my stuff. Like, nah, I, I get paid whether people invest in my coaching programs or not, because I do what I teach. <laughs> so I'm on the road speaking and doing all the stuff. So. If you right. invest in my coaching programs or not, it doesn't matter. But when you're thinking about investing in yourself, just make sure you see yourself as fertile ground and you know that the harvest is going to take some time to grow. But take get an opportunity, get an idea, get a strategy that you can use forever and ever. Amen. Mm, mm, and the church said amen. <laughs> wow. That, no, no, that, that's fire, man. 
like I love the way you broke that down, investing in themselves, inv investing in yourself, and seeing seeing uh, um, yourself like real estate. I, I remember uh, coming out of similar to you having a college professor that really impacted my life, um, and he said I, I was like contemplating if I was going to do this masters or not. And I did my masters in entertainment business, and he said. Um, he said, uh, David, and I, I didn't want to do it. I was like, I already spent all this money on college and bachelor's degree. Why, why would I spend more money on a master's? It doesn't make sense. And he said, David, the only investment you can ever guarantee is the investment you put into yourself. Mm. You can't guarantee the investment back on the real estate. You can't investment. You can't guarantee as much as, you know, stocks and, real, uh, you know, crypto, you know, you can't guarantee your investment, but whatever you put in yourself, if you do Odell's program, if you do Dave's program, if you do, like, if you put in any program, whatever program you invest into, if you say, I'm going to guarantee my investment on this program, you can guarantee it, you know? So, so I, I love what you're sharing about that. So, so Odell, we, we normally hit people with this, this last question, man, that, um, you, you have, we were not prepped for this. So, um, <laughs> uh, the question is, What's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? One's gift and one's purpose. Ah, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So I this is what I'll say. This is just the first thing that popped into my mind. So I don't know if it'll be all that coherent or not. But I believe your, your purpose is what you live and your gift is what you give. Woo. So your purpose you actually being the living embodiment of like why God sent you here. That's just what I think. So if like your purpose is to, to inspire people, you walking as that living embodiment is, is you living your purpose. Your gift is what you actually give to people that they can take away and use for themselves in whatever capacity they want to use it in. So they're, they're connected, they're tethered together, your purpose and your gift. Because as you walk in your purpose, as you live it, you're able to give it. So hopefully, um, like I believe my purpose is to speak and write to inspire people. So hopefully you were inspired by this podcast interview. And so you'll be able to take it and use it for whatever you want. And me or Dave won't know what you use it for unless you tell us. But we're still going to be living in and walking in our purpose because we're going to go to another interview after this. So we're going to go to another stage or we're going to have another event or program that we're living that purpose in. And I believe your purpose, everybody's overall purpose is to give the world a glimpse of heaven by what you do, what you have and who you are. And so your purpose is to give the world a better place, like to leave it a better place, but to give it as your gift to the world, to give it the opportunity to be better. Beautifully stated, man. Wow. Incredible, man. You dropped so much gems in this short amount of time. I'm, I'm so blessed by it. And I know the listeners uh, are as well. So Odell, what, 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 um, what resources can people plug into? I know we got odellspeaks.com for, for any organizations. I know we didn't talk about this, but organizations that want to hire you to come speak. And then, and then we've got uh, bookmoreclientsfast.com for opportunities for people that want to uh, learn that marketing side of the of the speaking business and and, and also building their uh, notoriety online. So, um, uh, any other resources? Did I miss any resources that they can plug into or, or get? 
Nope, nope. That's the best. You can find me on uh, on social media. I'm the only Odell Bazell out there. Uh, so you go to Instagram, you go to Twitter, you go to Facebook. I'm the only Odell Bazell out there. Um, it's wait, too wait, L's. senior don't, dad don't that dad, dad don't have social media popping yet. No, <laughs> that'll never happen. Odell <laughs> Odell Odell dot um Odell Odell dot Odell Bazell across all social media. But yeah, um, you go to book more clients, um, book more clients fast. That is all about marketing. And um, then uh, Odell Speaks, if you're looking for a speaker to come through and talk about how uh, we can bridge the gap between diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership with communication, I'm your guy. And we'll have a great time. There it is. There it is, brother. Awesome, man. Any final words, anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share with the audience, or any final parting words that uh, I think is important that I didn't even ask about? Um, I would say the, the only thing is if, if you're thinking about like, what can I do? What can I, uh, what's my next move? Just know by saying this sentence that it'll answer a lot of that. More people need to know you. If you just say to yourself when you're like, I don't know what to do. Just think more people need to know you more people need to know you and once you say that to yourself enough that's a sentence i believe you should say every single day once you say that to yourself enough then your subconscious the 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 god inside you will figure it out and the right people will get to know you and then they'll help you get paid wise words wise words wise words thank you so much bro i appreciate you and uh, this was fire. Listeners, go back. There's there's so much he, he gave you here. This this was a, this wasn't a, a podcast. This was a masterclass. Okay, so you need to go back and and literally take notes. Get your pen and pad. Uh, really take down. Buy all his stuff. Go to odellspeaks.com. If you, my corporations that are listening, book more clients. Uh, fast.com for all all uh, speakers and entrepreneurs. You need his stuff. I, I tell you right now, I've been, I personally got a chance to go to one of his events live. It is a tremendous, excellent event. They do things at a high level. So you're in great hands. All right. So thanks, Odell. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for blessing the people. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S.com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.